Lonnie and Kay were high school sweethearts. But over time, the never-ending conflict and their loss of love threatened to tear their marriage apart. When we filled out our forms with Focus on the Family, they asked us if we believed in a miracle, if we were willing to allow a miracle to happen. And, you know, with all my heart, that's what I wanted. Lonnie and Kay attended Hope Restored, where Focus counselors help heal and restore broken relationships, giving husbands and wives godly hope for the future. I guess what I'd say is I cherish her now more than I did before, and I, and I have a way that I can communicate to her that I did not have before, and Focus on the Family has given me that ability. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Kay and Lonnie's every month. Become a friend to Focus on the Family by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com slash family. I think every parent really wants to see their children succeed in life. Um, one of the best ways you can help your child do that is to encourage them to eliminate excuses from their mindset and vocabulary. I'm John Fuller, along with our Vice President of Parenting, Dr. Danny Huerta, and we're going to return now to a conversation that Focus President and author Jim Daly and I had with parenting researcher and child advocate Dr. Kathy Cook. She addresses something she called four explanatory styles. Kathy, we all tell ourselves stories to make sense of problems and successes, actually. Um, You refer to this as explanatory style, and then you say there's four elements underneath that. So what is it? And talk about each one. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, Let me just start with a really simple example, and then we can unpack it. That helps me. Thank you. Okay, no, seriously. (laughs) Um, My dog ate the homework, right? That's an explanation for what went wrong. All of us tell ourselves little stories inside our head Hmm. to justify what happened. So kind of a classic would be a child who goes to school, purposely doesn't do homework, purposely forgets it because she knows it's not well done, but says to the teacher instead, my dog ate the homework, you know, or we blame, you know, my baby, my baby sister was crying and I couldn't concentrate. So explanatory style is huge when it comes to resiliency. Um, Four parts. One is the personalization, who is responsible? Who is responsible? Is it me? Was Did my dad make me rush? Or did I not use my time well? Hmm. And I was rushing, but it wasn't my dad's impatience. I made the mistake of not getting started early enough. It stressed on my dad. He now made me rush. But that is my responsibility. I cannot be mad at my dad for that. Yeah. It, it, there's so much in this one element, yeah. Kathy. Yes, when you sir. look at the culture, you look at the deflection that occurs in the culture. Oh. I mean, th- this is huge, being able to objectively know what went wrong and whose fault was it. it it's hard for the culture to embrace that, I think. I think. Yes, and what a shame. Yeah, I'm, it makes us so weak. Thank you. Weak is the right word. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and a reader of the Holy Word of God, you have the strength of God on your side. And we not we don't need to be afraid and we don't need to you know, wonder and worry in the same way that others would, if I can put it that way. Um, no, it's so big of a deal. You know, back to what we were saying about how parents are the real key here to our children developing resiliency. So this idea of personalization with explanatory style, if a parent never owns his role, the children will not be able to be resilient. So if it is the dad's fault, Mm. let's say that the child did not know that in five minutes we had to go to grandma's. 
and the child had something that had to be finished. It, that is on dad. I'm going to say that boldly. That is on dad, who didn't think ahead, who didn't realize the daughter had an assignment, a phone call that needed to be made, whatever was going on. That dad's forgetfulness to not plan, not understanding an eight-year-old's thinking process, whatever. Now, don't stress your daughter out. If you don't say, sweetheart, I am so sorry to make you rush. I forgot about our need to go to grandma. I don't mean to be stressing you out. Mm. Let's wait until later. If children don't hear moms and dads own their responsibility for the explanatory style, they will have a very hard time trusting a mom and a dad. Mm. So let's own it and let's grow as a family. Yeah. Uh, and Kathy, permanence is the next. What do you mean by permanence? Yeah, permanence is how long will it last? <laughs> That's you know, a good question. I'll, I'll never get anything right. You know, it's kind of that woe is me, let's eat worms. You know, life is just terrible. <laughs> Nothing is going right. So is it permanent? Uh, is it forever going to be this way? So you know what, moms and dads, we can take pictures of progress on our phones. We can keep old work. We can remember that you came home on Tuesday really mad at your soccer coach because you didn't get as much play time, but you went back on Thursday with a positive attitude. You were kind and patient and other-centered, and you cheered on the kids who played more than you, and you chose to change your attitude, and you were resilient, and it is not a permanent condition of your being, and I'm so proud of you. Yeah, and it, man, it's so important for the parent to be mindful of what you're expressing. We that kind of cuts me it. because I you know, I had that very experience with Troy. We, we we had him in Little League. There were three boys that weren't part of the core team. It was the first year they had played. Huh. The rest of the crew had been playing for a couple of years. And the only kids that rotated out were the three kids, including Troy. Huh. And so I yeah, I was like, wow, they're not gonna get more playing time if if the other kids don't rotate out too, you know. And I mentioned it to Troy, and he was so he was like the adult. He was like, "Dad, I mean, it's all right. These guys have played a long time. I'm happy to get three innings." I'm like, mm. "Okay, wow, <laughs> that's you know, he was better than I was. That's really precious." And well, yeah, honoring. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's just a good uh, you know good example where I was blowing it to be honest. Yeah. Um, okay, what's the next one? Per- uh, per- pervasiveness. pervasiveness. Yeah. Um, how far into our life will it go? You know, if a child struggles in a biology class, does she then assume that she'll struggle in math? If, if one soccer coach doesn't choose you for the A-team, do you assume the next soccer coach won't as well? So pervasiveness. How far will it go throughout yeah, my entire far, life? Exactly. All my um, So if I, have a, if I struggle at 8.30 in the morning, will my whole school day be bad? Mm. Right? And this is where I could mention the role of optimism and pessimism. Optimistic people are absolutely more resilient and have a healthier, more honest explanatory style. So moms and dads can look for optimism and affirm to like if you know, if you homeschool your mom, your kids and you struggled at you know nine in the morning with an assignment, but by 10 in the morning, your child's attitude had changed. We need to say, thank you for the attitude shift. I'm proud of you for being resilient and not expecting your whole day to go wrong. That's good. We Using the key language, because I agree that resiliency is that important. And one of the ways we define it for children so they can be it is we call it out when we see it. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay, we had personalization, permanence, pervasiveness, and then the fourth one is? The fourth one has to do with what will it take for me to recover? So recovery. So recovery, what will it take for me to recover? Is it going to be... A big deal is going to be super hard. Yeah, what's the way out? What's the way out? That's a good way huh. to phrase it. 
And there's the non-resilient children say, there's nothing I can do. Huh. My teacher's a bad teacher. My baby sister was crying. It's raining. There's nothing I can do. Right. But the way out for a resilient child is, I will do whatever it takes. Yeah. And again, do we model that as moms and dads um, as consistently as possible? Danny, there's probably someone thinking my child is just making excuses like this all the time. So uh, how do we encourage that habit to stop? Well, uh, In three that, easy that's lessons. That's very, very common to, to have excuses. Look at the, the root to them. Many times it's a fear. It could be a pride thing. It could be a fear of disappointing someone else, maybe a fear of, of appearing weak. Ask the question, hey, why do you think you're making an excuse for something you need to own? What do you need me to hear from that? And just go to the deeper deal. Because somebody making an excuse, if you already know it's an excuse, yeah. just go just deeper. Call it. Yeah, just call it and say, hey, uh, you know, you were supposed to get that done. You didn't get it done. Let's figure out a solution to that. Let's not get stuck on this whole excuse thing. Uh, because usually uh, th- there's much more to be found underneath the excuse than to just getting stuck on that and saying, hey, stop making excuses. Yeah. That, uh, that's just, it bugs me. Or, and, and is, is that applying logic to an emotional reaction? Do you think the excuses are oftentimes based in emotion? Yeah, it helps a child look deeper. Why am I even making an excuse? We all are guilty of, at some point or another, making an excuse. So first, as parents, we need to look, are we modeling not making excuses? If we're late somewhere or we do something that, uh, you know, maybe we forget to call someone and we make an excuse that's not even true, why would we do that and not just be honest with a person? Because most of us would be guilty of that, afraid of hurting someone else's feelings or disappointing someone. And so... Honesty is so, so important. You, you get to model that as a parent. And uh, you'd be surprised as to how many excuses you probably make. And how many, I'd be surprised how many excuses I make along the way. And then when our children are bringing those out, maybe that's a good reminder for you to look a little deeper in, inside of you. Why do I make excuses? And then that'll give you better understanding with your child. One more thing, John, yeah. is that validation is important. Validate the fact, and we've talked about this before here, Validate the fact that they uh, maybe didn't want to do it that way. They, they, they messed up. They're having a hard time owning that. Say, man, it's so hard sometimes to admit a mistake, isn't it? It feels kind of bad. And in that, if they feel understood, then they're more open to the, to the going deeper conversation. Yeah. Otherwise, they're defending something. That's good. And uh, that really builds and elaborates on some of the things that Kathy Cook was talking about in the clip. And um, I'm going to point you to Dr. Kathy Cook's book, Resilient Kids, Raising Them to Embrace Life with Confidence, because this kind of content that you've heard today is really uh, foundational to uh, some of the practical applications of Kathy's book. Get a copy of that and help your children um, own their mistakes and be able to admit uh, some things and become more resilient. Uh, The book is available for a one-time gift or a monthly pledge of any amount to the ministry. Uh, That's really the foundation for how Focus on the Family operates. By and large, the majority of gifts that come to us are $10 or $20 or $50 gifts, either one-time or monthly pledges. And those cover the activity of the ministry in making podcasts and resources and uh, events so much available to you as a mom or a dad. Uh, donate today and we'll send the book to you as our way of saying thanks for being uh, a part of the support team. And then stop by the parenting page 
uh, they've got a list of best parenting resources. Uh, We'll link over to that for you in the show notes. Uh, You'll find a variety of help for a variety of needs, uh, probably something for right where you're at as a mom or a dad. Again, the link is in the show notes. Next time, we'll hear from Gary Thomas about overcoming anger. For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the backseat. It's tough to be a step ahead, and full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.